0: Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. Reports say around 100 workers left Twitter after Elon Musk pitched his vision for the business, and Jeff Bezos could not be happier. Hi kids, you are listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast, Does Recruitment Marketing. I'm your co-host, Joel. Only the underwear is transparent cheeseman. And this is Chad. Give it
0: away, give it away, give it away now, so wash.
2: And Julie, show me the money, Cali.
1: On this episode, the joy of pay transparency, totally tubular <laughs> TikTok tips, and Patagonia gives it up. Tubular. tubular TikTok tips.
0: This to me is very Valley Girl Joel. I I, I kind of like it. I kind of like the Valley Girl valley Joel. Valley Girl. She's a Valley Girl. <laughs> okay, fine. For sure. For sure. Julie, were you ever into the Valley Girl scene? You probably are too young for that. She's too young.
2: Oh, well, that's flattering. But uh, yeah, <laughs> totally tubular. Um, that's a, a flashback there. <laughs>
0: What was the movie that Nicolas Cage was in? Yeah, I think Girl. that was Valley Girl. It was, yeah, it was Valley Girl. Yeah. yeah. Remember the show Square Pegs?
2: Square Pegs?
0: <laughs> yes. Sarah, yes. Sarah Jessica Parker.
2: Yes.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. I think uh-huh. that
2: those movies are responsible for destroying the human language of adding like <laughs> into every other word.
1: Totally. Totally. <laughs> like, like. Oh, my God. Yeah, very nice. Woo. Thanks for the trip down memory lane, kids. Uh, yeah, all right. So, Shout out. Shout-outs. Love it. I'm going to go first, if that's okay. Okay. My shout-out goes to Jamie Dimon. Oh, God. CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, one of Chad's favorite CEOs. Jesus Christ. Took to Capitol Hill with a handful of other stuffed shirts last week and was asked by Representative Rashida Tlaib, a Democrat of Michigan, whether J.P. Morgan has a policy against funding new oil and gas products. Damon replied, wait for it absolutely not and that would be the road to hell for america say what you want about <laughs> diamond he stays in his lane and you know what that and you know that appeals to a certain demographic that loves the red meat that he tosses around recruiting and, and retention genius I say recruiting and retention genius. <laughs> That's the
0: one lane to hell, is the lane he's on. <laughs> it's the road to profits, baby. That's that road. <laughs> Gordon Gecko. Julie, what you
2: got? Uh, I'd love to give a shout out to the Rothberg family and Ooh. how at College Recruiter they were very early adapters to pay transparency and jobs requiring it on all jobs posted on their site. And their purpose for doing that was to close the pay gaps. And that is really great purpose. And now as it becomes law, people are being mandated to do that. But they did it for a greater good. Doesn't saying the Rothberg family
1: sound really prestigious? <laughs> it
0: does. It I'm does. a friend
1: of the Rothberg family. <laughs> yes. Then you
0: meet Steven and You're like, whoa, what's what, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not
1: quite the Rothschilds, but. Uh...
2: Well, hopefully you're privileged enough to make their wonderful acquaintance. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Especially, oh, Faith.
0: Nice. Especially Faith. Especially Faith. Uh, my shout out to is, get get ready, Julie. Recruitmentmarketing.com has new digs. So, Oh, yeah. Julie... You and the team made a major upgrade to the look and feel of the site. So, first and foremost, big, big ups for that. Thank you. How many contributors do you guys have on the site now writing for you, providing content? And, last but not least, how can recruitment marketing and branding leaders request to contribute?
2: Um, Yeah, we have over 50 people in the industry who've contributed to content already. Uh Um, These are individuals who work in the space, who have some kind of experience in some area of recruitment marketing, and they're telling their stories. How did they get involved with recruitment marketing? Um, wh- you know, What do they want to share with the world? We're all trying to learn from each other. And I think the best place to learn uh, this rapid evolving industry is from each other. So thrilled to be providing a platform that elevates and celebrates recruitment marketers. So um, if you're interested in contributing... Just email us at info at recruitmentmarketing.com.
1: And what will we see next? Any teasers on uh, new new additions to the site? Uh. Hint, hint, wink, wink.
2: Um, So we recently launched an event page, which allows you to look at all the events that are going on in the industry. And if you go to the event page and you see that you have an event or you know an event that is not listed, you can submit that to us so we can add it to the index. It is free to have the events listed there. Why? Because how else are you going to look for all the things that are going on in the industry to decide what's best for you? You need one place to be able to find that.
1: Yeah, stop emailing me. Stop emailing me about events that, <laughs> that you should go to. Go to recruitmentmarketing.com. Please. They're all Jesus. there. They're all there.
0: In yes. topics.
1: Can I interest anyone in some pay transparency? Oh. Julie recently published an article entitled The Benefits of Salary Transparency. Hello, good SEO practices. Hello, good (laughs) SEO practices. In it, Julie outlines everything from improved workplace happiness and better diversity while also highlighting a handful of companies doing it the right way. Julie, tell us about the article. And a little bird told me, A webinar on the topic recently took place as well.
2: Yes, uh, pay transparency and required disclosure (laughs) is quite a topic right now for people who work in recruitment marketing. This article was all about the benefits. Um, There's so much to talk about in pay transparency, but a lot of companies are trying to convince, um, you know, people that are working in employer brand and recruitment marketing are trying to convince their companies why, This is valuable. Why is this important? So this article was primarily put together as a resource to help people talk about why this is a good thing. The primary purpose to why pay transparency is becoming mandated is because we still, after 60 years of putting in the Civil Rights Act and creating equal opportunity and equal pay for all, 60 years later, we still have not closed the gaps. So more laws are coming into place to help close those gaps. And by disclosing compensation in the job descriptions, we it is believed that this is going to help close some of those gaps.
0: So I, I love reading this. I love the, the subtle kind of like sweet approach. We're not there a hundred percent, right? From a regulatory standpoint, mainly this is the carrot versus the stick. But do we really believe that lining out the reasons why paid transparency, salary transparency will, will move the needle? No not a bit. For for example, we've heard for years that diversity helps companies drive innovation and bottom line profits, growth, but the needle has barely moved on diversity. $9 billion, with a B. Dollars spent every year in training alone and nothing kids. Zip. Zero. Nada. The case has been made over and over and again, little to no movement. So, You know, we're looking at female CEOs, really no bump there. We get one or two every now and again, we applaud, nothing happens, right? So laying out the facts doesn't move old white men, the C-suite or the board of directors like Jamie Dimon, who really doesn't give two shits about what's happening other than his profits, right? So where salary transparency does work is shaming. Another example, the US women's national uh, soccer team found pay parity with the men's national soccer team only after, through transparency, they sued. And then they went public with their voices about fair and equal pay. They laid out the reasons why pay parity was necessary, but nothing happened until the shaming started. I only see one way forward, and that's legislation that makes pay transparency compulsory. I love the layout, but I just don't see the carrot working. We need the big stick of the government to force everybody into pay parity.
2: Yeah, I would say if pay equity is about fairness, pay transparency is about accountability to fairness. Because right now, yeah, most companies, well, because you can have, you can be transparent and expose how inequitable you are. Right. That's why most companies do not expose that. We did a survey um, in our webinar about pay transparency, about how many companies have done pay equity analysis. And it was less than half. Right. So how do you know that you're being equitable if you unless you've actually done an analysis to make sure that you are? Right? Is someone sitting in a room saying, yeah, we're being fair? The only way to know that is to actually look at the data. And companies are often surprised when they look at how much they have gaps. Gaps because of age, race, disability. You know, It's not just about men and women. It is about all types of discrimination that happen. And I'm, I'm an optimist. I believe in the good of people. I do not think people are out there intentionally paying people differently because of this person or that But I think that things happen that create unconscious bias. I think that there's flawed process and there is a lack of accountability. If they can get
0: away with it, they will. Yeah, if they can get away with it, they will. Now now we, we need to also we also need to differentiate between the salary transparency that's going on jobs like college recruiters doing, we've seen Indeed do, versus actual the individuals who've been working for those companies and demonstrating pay transparency within the organization. There's a huge difference between the two. Uh so this is really just small little trickles into seeing what new people are getting paid you have no clue what the person beside you is getting paid that's that's another step forward that we need to take
2: yeah well from a thousand of miles away a mountain looks small right but as you get closer it's gonna get bigger (laughs) and and this is i mean colorado talking about mountains you know they were the first and shout out to colorado to be the first statewide required compensation be disclosed on the job description.
1: Who else we, Who else we got? Colorado, New York City. Well, right now... I know we've talked about it on the weekly show quite a bit.
2: Right now, there are states that require disclosure upon request or certain oh, circumstances. And In that's New York City. Connecticut, Maryland, Nevada, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Toledo, Ohio. Not the whole state. Um, and then Rhode Island is going to start on the first of the year. But those are only during certain conditions. The ones that are requiring it on the actual job posting, Colorado was the first. We had New Jersey, Jersey City get added this year in April. Um, New York, Ithaca was the most recent on September 1st. We have Westchester County on November 6th, and that's in New York. And then New York City, November 1st. But California, there's a law pending right now with the governor he has until september 30th to sign it um and that will really change things um for california because they are not only the first to disclose it on the job description they actually in california on this bill are proposing that companies have to disclose their pay equity gaps that's a first
1: there's always unintended consequences when laws like this are passed. I think that we talked about Colorado, where companies just said, "Okay, we're not going to post jobs in Colorado," uh, which obviously doesn't help anybody. Where where there's new laws, there are loopholes. There are companies that get, a, get try to get around these things. What what's your take on uh, how companies are going to try to avoid you know following this following this law?
2: Yeah, first I got to say it it great intentions, right? These laws are put in place for great intentions. But that does not mean it's going to be easy, right? Technically, financially, operationally, companies may not be ready to do this. Um and I would say Colorado was the first one I was in seat. I remember the moment someone came up to me and said, "Uh this is happening." And I knew the tech stack for a very large employer I was working with who has very high levels of compliance required, and we didn't know how to solve it with the tech stack that they had. They did not have a way to only put salary on the Colorado distributed jobs. So we had to solve for to close the gap and then just be compliant right away. We just stopped sending jobs that were available nationwide to Colorado because we didn't have a way to put it on there. We couldn't distribute it to the whole nation. So just don't send it to Colorado.
0: Well, they could have you, easily just posted a, a specific position to Colorado. That would have been an easy fix.
2: Well, they had hundreds of jobs that would need to be so disclosed. What?
0: So, I mean, they want if they're looking for talent, so what? I mean, it, these are, there are all these damned excuses for companies not to do the right thing.
2: I, that's bullshit. I don't want to hear that. You have resources. Do it. Yes. Well, look at you can see that that it's a problem. There's so many job postings where in the bottom of the job posting it says, uh, excluding Colorado.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a note for the vendors. That's that's for the vendors too, Chad, not just the employers. Yes. Vendors need to make it easy.
0: Well, the only way vendors are gonna do it is if employers push them to do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and it's it's that it's the it's the Spider-Man gif, right, where there's three Spider-Men pointing at each other. Spider-Men, <laughs> yeah. Spider-Men's, whatever. So everyone's like, it's the vendor's fault. No, it's the employer's fault. They're not yeah. telling us to do it. It's the state's yeah. fault. It's the government. like
2: Well, in the end, it's the employer. The employer is yeah. responsible for being compliant and they need to disclose it. So where I think you know tech companies be warned that's where the employer is going to come forward and say hey I pay for this tech and it needs to do this
3: yeah
0: it needs to comply with the regulations and it's not and that's on you and we're seeing regulations like as we talk to uh, like commissioner Sonderling and the EEOC where they're talking about different regulations that are happening locally that will actually keep the vendors will start to pull the vendors under the microscope which i think is which is big
2: i'd say you know this is where the trifecta comes into place right recruitment needs an ats hr needs to be compliant and marketers need to market we need ad tech so ats's are not built to be ad techs and and that's where you could say, hey, we need to run different ads than the ATS. The ATS, many of them are built one rec, one posting. And they can't understand that one rec may need 50 different ads, one for each state to have different compliance and different laws. Mm-hmm. It's still one job. Um, it's the evolution to ad tech meeting recruitment tech.
1: I'm I'm optimistic, as is, is Julie. Uh, so a CFO.com article came out recently that said 62% of companies are planning to disclose pay rate information. Now, planning to and doing it are two different things, but that's at least over 50%. If you're being pragmatic about this issue, we saw that LinkedIn uh, reported that when people put remote jobs or work from home in the title of their posting, the number of views went way through the roof. Is there some argument to say like this is just a good business strategy? It if is. You, if you put pay, if you put the pay, uh, you know, if you put salary range on a job posting, you're probably going to get more traffic, and you're probably going to attract the right people who know that they command this salary or you know what that's way too low for me so you're actually pre-screening with salary ranges like are companies getting this or or not
0: but this is like a kid who won't eat these peas the, the peas are good for you now when mom tells them to go out to the tree and get and fetch a, a switch then guess what they start doing they start apologizing and then talking about how they're going to eat their peas that's how all this shit's working
1: Did you say fetch a switch? What is this? Nineteen (laughs) forty-two. Yeah, fetch a switch. Fetch a switch. (laughs) Well,
2: this this is uh this is the same coin but with two sides, right? We're companies. This is fact are now going to be mandated to disclose compensation on jobs in certain states or locations, right? There you go. There's a stick, right? So you're going to have to do that as an employer. You have to. It's the law. But if you flip the coin around the other side and you say, okay, now what about your employees? What does it say that you're going to disclose compensation to the public, right? Because once it's on a job description, it's out to the world. Everyone can see it. Your competitors, job seekers, maybe even your customers see what you're paying your people. But then what does it tell your employees if you don't tell your own employees what the compensation potential is for them in an organization? Are you going to leave them to shop your competitors and what jobs they could have there and make more? Or are you going to create a path to increased compensation based on a plan that you can communicate and control inside your organization? So there's going to be a lot Of question of trust if companies only disclose where is mandated and they don't provide that trust to their own employees to see that information that that's what's on the table is the the same coin two sides these things are interconnected
1: by the way the CFO article outlined the, the number one reason for companies not giving a salary range it was administrative complexity was the number one reason yeah, why they weren't doing it. Yes. <laughs> is what
0: it is. Well, total it is hard. Compl- no, it's not. You don't know how <laughs> many companies I've <laughs> talked to, and their ADP systems don't buy that shit. Do not buy it. It is not as hard as everybody wants to to make it seem to be. It's an excuse. The larger
2: the organization, the more difficult it is.
0: I've worked with companies that are two hundred, hundreds of thousands of people. That is total craziness all right you two uh take your
1: corners and uh we'll be right (laughs) back let's take a breather and we'll talk about tiktok
2: you've got questions we've got answers business leadership ownership and sales can be challenging tune into the accelerate your business growth podcast to learn from the world's experts join me your host diane helbig as i chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business
0: TikTok? Did somebody mention TikTok? All
1: right, guys, uh, more content gold from our girl, Julie Callie. She published (laughs) an article last month on how to get started with recruiting on TikTok. She outlines how to build an audience, the power of storytelling, dives into the algorithm, and much, much more. Julie, tell us about the article, and wasn't there also a webinar about this topic?
0: Webinars galore.
2: Yeah, uh talk the talk. Um <laughs> Talk the talk. We, I mean, everybody has been messaging me. I mean, this is like a very common question. My boss told me I need to get our ads up on TikTok. How can you help what? me? What? Right. That is the most common thing that people are just trying to follow up with is that their boss told them that they had to get up there. Why? Why do you need to be on TikTok?
1: By the way, you can't just post jobs on TikTok, right?
2: No, you cannot. It is not a jobs platform. But if... I understand why, right? There's so much media attention has been given to TikTok because of its incredible rise in such a short period of time. It has over a billion active monthly users, over 552 billion videos viewed each month. That means 167 million views per minute. Yes, there is an audience there. So fish where the fish are, There's a big pond fully stocked right there.
1: And China are only 2% of those views. (laughs) So what was on the webinar? Was it just the how-tos? And so talk about some of that stuff.
2: Well, a lot of people just need education on like, what is this, right? Can I expect it to be like LinkedIn or Facebook uh, is it like YouTube? That people are trying to understand what is it similar to and where is it in the market? And I would say that it is more similar to YouTube than it is to Facebook or LinkedIn. Say Instagram. Yes, it's a form of entertainment. Really, primarily the users are there for entertainment, and it's short-form video, which we, you know, are finding that people are digesting. In, in tremendous amounts. Because it's short form, you can watch a lot of videos in a short period of time.
0: Didn't they just extend it to 10 minutes? They're talking about actually having 10 minute videos, which is which is weird because you're used to just flipping through and seeing like the next video, the next video, the next video. So that could change the algorithm, which I think is their their, their secret sauce.
2: Yeah, they're testing that 10 minutes.
0: The best algorithm in any social media, I think that's out there because they just feed you what you want now that could be feeding you hate it could be feeding you joy it could be feeding you joel's favorite big booty latinas it could be and bug fights and bug fights and bug fights but i think their, their algorithm is just far beyond what anybody else has
2: out there Yeah, well, you know, as humans, we just want to constantly devour new things, right? Try and taste sample. Um, I mean, look at our streaming activity. Do we just sit down and watch one episode of something that's streaming? No, we stay up all night and we binge watch the whole thing. That's that's what they're doing. They're feeding that nature of us looking to constantly consume. And they've been doing it in short form bites. And yeah, they're testing 10 minutes because I think what they are finding is people want more context into what they're viewing sometimes and that 10 minutes might provide that opportunity so
1: I think, I think the algo is a really great opportunity and something that really sets sort of traditional social media apart because companies generally think oh god I have to build an audience I have to get followers you know I have to do all these things before anyone will actually see my video well with TikTok, you could have nobody following you at all and have a great video with with great content and the algorithm will make sure that your video gets viewed and I don't think companies realize you don't have to build a huge following to have major impact on TikTok. And whether it's you know our boy at um, Sherwin-Williams that was doing paint, vi- you know, paint videos, it got him fired. But that's a great example of like, if you just create good content that people want to consume, you can have a tremendous platform um, on TikTok. But I'm also curious about TikTok was making a lot of noise around getting into the employment game about a year or so ago. What do you know have an idea of where they are with that now if they still care about employment like they said they did? TikTok resumes. Yeah. Like what what's going on on that front? Any idea?
2: Yeah, there were a few, I'd say very large consumer-based uh, organizations that they brought into a very private beta last year to test out doing, you know, using TikTok for recruitment. Um, it was very exclusive. Um, I happened to, you know, be very close to an organization that was in that beta. And it had a tremendous response. But it is overwhelming, right? We don't, we're very used to in this space, digesting applicants in an ATS, using all of those tools to identify the right candidates and bring them through a process. It is very hard to take short form video today and turn that into a process that we ingest.
0: Uh, It's not scalable. It's not scalable, right? At this time. So if we think about it and being able to provide practical use and application for TikTok, it should be more around, and correct me if I'm wrong, it should be more around the messaging, not selling, but the messaging of the organization, the purpose of the organization. And and what I saw, what I've seen from Costco, and this is actually an employee, not from the corporate account, but the employee who was a manager was going over benefits. It's going over the first day, it was going over things that, that actually matter to somebody who might be wanting to, to to look for, you know, a job at Costco, but this wasn't an apply here thing. And that's where I think we get like mixed up talking about resumes and I mean there's just that's just not scalable. But what is scalable is your voice. In your message. So I guess when you're talking to companies and they ask you about this, what do you tell them about TikTok? How to use TikTok? How not
2: to use Storytelling. You know, as you were saying right there, storytelling is the ideal use for it today because you can communicate a message, reach a large or new audience with your story in a short, digestible format. The storytelling can create influence and awareness, right? Someone may not have thought of you as an employer of choice, and you can now influence and make them aware of that. They weren't searching a job site; they were on a platform being entertained, and now you made them think about it. That is influence. And when we talk about having, you know, very low unemployment rates and uh, you know talent gaps to fill, y- you might not be able to poach people that are working out of organizations by just posting a job. You need to influence them in places that they are, mm-hmm. like TikTok. Where there's a huge audience that you have the opportunity to get in front of. Any,
1: I think a lot of companies are just going to be lazy about it and just do ads on TikTok. Any talk about like strategies around ads on TikTok? What are companies doing that yet, or is it sort of a, a, a green opportunity?
2: Well, a- ads is probably the easiest way. to to do it right now is because you can control your content a little more, be more targeted with it. Yes. And that doesn't mean you have to commit to having a profile and all of those pieces, but you will need video. You need video. It's short form video. That's what the platform is. You can't use a job posting to advertise on TikTok. So we polled our audience to ask them, are you using video today? And 52% said, yes, we're using it a little. 21% said yes everywhere, and 25% said no, but someday. So that gives you a sense of how ready the market is. To and put-
1: this, is a, this is a webinar for recruitmentmarketing.com. And yes. I'm amazed that's only how many are using video. Well, these guys, I don't
0: think these companies understand that they can't, first and foremost, they can't control what's being said about them right? Yeah. They can only control oh, yes. what's being said, you know, through through their through their own pipelines and then also being able to enlist other employees to be able to to, to share their stories, right? So I think it, it's incredibly important as we sit and wait and we watch being corporate America. Uh, while they watch, they'll see TikTok firings and, and leavings and I mean, just all the other bullshit that happens on day-to-day because this generation is much more transparent than the uh, us Xers were or definitely the boomers were right everything is stuffed in a closet we don't say a thing about anything our laundry doesn't go out for the public oh hell no that's not how gen z does business
2: yeah i would say there are things you can control and there's things that you can't but you can influence social media you cannot control it you can influence it Right. You can put things out in your name and your brand and provide paths for your own employees to evangelize a great story of what it is like to work for you. Now, you can provide that. But if you're a fool, if you think that people aren't (laughs) already talking about you, I mean, talk about the dark web and things like TikTok where people are openly transparent oh my goodness, I am so entertained by watching all of these people just spill what it's like working at organizations. People saying I'm three days from my last day, let me tell you how it is at this company. This is Glassdoor Gone Wild.
1: (laughs) Glassdoor Gone (laughs) Wild. The
2: truth is is that people are being so transparent and consuming all of this. Um, A great example is uh, Salary Transparent Street. A young woman just hit the street. Um, She was trying to figure out how to negotiate a higher compensation for herself and realized that she really didn't have access to enough information on how much people make. So she created a whole profile on TikTok where she just walks up to people randomly on the street, asks them who they are, what they do, how much they make. And it is unbelievable how many people are willing to provide that information. It now is creating this path. She has millions of likes on her videos for people consuming trying to understand the marketplace and how much do people make and what do they do they want to know it so it's out there it's already it Transparency and compensation is viral on TikTok. So if you think that you're going to hide that information and control it, you're not in the future. You won't be able to. Not
0: everybody's good at negotiating. Okay. Not everybody wants to negotiate, but they do want to be treated fairly. And over the years, all we've done is this well, individual negotiates for their own shit that's totally and again that is nothing but a corporate narrative to be able to actually allow females to get paid less because females don't negotiate like us dumb men do we're we're dumb but we're boisterous right so we ask for more uh, and we get it so i mean it's it's one of those things where yes now there's this transparency that's out there not just from the federal government but from tiktok Chinese government. And and here we go. <laughs> Sounds a lot like my five-year-old.
1: You can't control him. You can only hope to contain him. All right. One of Chad's favorite brands. Let's talk a little Patagonia. This is from the New York Times. A half century after founding Patagonia, Yvonne Chouinard has given the company away. Rather than selling the company or taking it public, his family has transferred their ownership of Patagonia valued at about $3 billion to a specially designed trust and a nonprofit organization that were created to preserve the company's independence and ensure that all of its profits, some $100 million a year, are used to combat climate change and protect undeveloped land around the globe. Call him the anti-Musk and the anti-diamond. Julie, what's your take on this move and what having a founder like this means for recruitment marketing as well as maybe some retention strategies.
2: Can a clothing company save a planet? Um I I think this is tremendous. I mean this this is the market leader. Certainly here in the US no company's ever done anything like that before. Uh we talk about how important it is to have purpose in your employer brand and connect to real meaning and influence of creating a better world and at that Candidates are attracted to that. Employees want to work for a company that has strong purpose. How can you get any better than that? Save the planet. Not only are they a sustainable company in the way that they act and they stand, but they, they're actually giving everything back to that purpose. So every dollar made is saving the planet. Uh, who wouldn't want to work for them? Um uh, absolutely an aspiring People leader at jp
1: morgan obviously have no interest <laughs> in working
0: for patagonia so, so right on their website the, the 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 new pretty much vision statement is earth is now our shareholder right there on the website that's inspirational apparently not all old white dudes are, are assholes take note jamie diamond um <laughs> Have you, have you, have you read Yvonne's letter on the website? I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty moving. I mean, you know, he says, if we could do the right thing while making enough money to pay the bills, we can influence customers and other businesses and maybe change the system along the way. He laid out his, his options and first was selling, possibly selling and then donating the proceeds. Um, but that was short term going public, but then he thought, you know that that that's uh, more of a disaster than anything else or what he would like to call going purpose which is exactly what they're doing now uh and i thought that was i was pretty amazing and to be quite frank i mean they they are a cult brand and company it's all about what you believe in the basic premise can compel or repel talent, in the words of Charlotte Marshall. Uh, if you haven't heard that episode, it's entitled, Should You Repel Candidates? Uh, but but seriously, this is a huge positioning statement for Patagonia, not just for attracting talent who believe in their mov- movement, but also customers. As soon as I heard this, I, I love Patagonia as it was. I, I went back out and I I bought more Patagonia. You know, I have to say that. This is something that will drive people who believe in the movement, not just to go work, but also to go buy and maybe buy and work.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, ma- it makes you want to buy from them as a consumer. It makes you want to support them as a company. Um, they're championing. Uh, you know, they're, they're setting the bar for everyone to follow.
1: We talk a lot about sort of the cult uh of brands and employers of choice and and we're getting more and more into ceos leading the vision and cl- that cult brand um we talked about elon musk on the show jamie diamond um so ceos tell that story about what our company is about and ultimately that opinion attitude that vibe that mojo whatever is going to appeal to a certain employee and retain a certain employee and i, I think If you don't have a CEO that has an opinion, that has, you know, a voice, you might be losing out to the companies that do have CEOs that do uh, express opinions, whether they're against or for whatever you believe in. It does uh, direct the company in a certain way and it appeals to a certain employee and it retains a certain employee when you do that for good or bad. So I think companies that don't have uh, visual, you know, out in the open CEOs are, are losing out to those that do.
2: Yeah, I mean, and Patagonia has um, only 4% turnover and retail and product sector right today averages over 13%. So, I mean, that shows not only can they attract the talent, but they can also retain them. Um, they are 100% retention rate among working Women, uh, mothers.
0: Whoa! And Damn.
2: um, that that's because they have women in leadership roles. They're paying to send nannies on business trips to embrace <laughs> and support work life, <laughs> and they host childcare right on their facilities. I mean, things like this make a difference in people's choice of where they want to work. It's taking care of your people. And you know, you said something before, Chad, about attracting um, a talent. I think they're pretty upfront about that. You know, Patagonia doesn't usually advertise um, on job sites. They they don't attend job fairs or hire corporate headhunters. This is right, straight from their website says, we prefer instead to seek out people through an informal network of friends, colleagues, business associates. We don't want someone who can just do the job. We want the best person for the job. And we don't look for stars seeking special treatment and perks. Our best efforts are collaborative. A culture of reward and ensemble of players. Look at
1: us solving all the problems of recruitment. In one podcast. Post your salaries, (laughs) stand for something, (laughs) and you can't post jobs on TikTok, people.
0: And don't be a fool.
1: And that. (laughs) On that note, another one in the can. We out, everybody. We We out.
3: Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue.